to another edition of the Super Daddy Club podcast. This is your host, Lendo. Today, we are very pleased to welcome on our show, Keith McNabb. The idea is essentially fatherhood comes with a lot of changes, physical, psychological, and even hormonal. And we know that our bodies change as we transition through the stage here. So I thought it would be a great idea to speak with Keith, who's a personal trainer and who's has decided to shift his focus towards fathers and yeah, Keith, welcome on the show. Thanks a lot for having me, Lendo. Really glad to be here. And yeah, as you said, I'm a personal trainer and I specialize in helping dads to gain muscle and lose fat. And at which point did you notice that, hey, this is important and there's something here that needs to be worked on? I actually went through it myself when my partner had our first kid. The struggles that are associated with that, new stresses, not getting enough sleep really broke the routine that I had set up. And it was definitely challenging. So I kind of fell off of my training regimen and struggled for a while to be able to get back and just sort of got into sort of a spiral of depression and just couldn't get out of it for the longest time. And uh, it took almost six years for me to finally work on my issues and to you know, make the change on the inside that needed to happen for me to get the change that I wanted on the outside. Maybe a little personal, but were you experiencing postpartum depression exactly, or was it just first-time father, losing your routine, losing the habit, like you said? I mean, I, I think I was very, very happy at first. When my first daughter was born, you know, all the, the new joys of being a dad, but definitely uh, the lack of sleep and, and the change in the routine, I just wasn't able to, to keep up with my gym routine. And then because I wasn't exercising, other sort of things crumbled my diet, my flexibility, my mental health, just sort of all started to go down the drain. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. From your experience, what are some of the physical changes that men typically experience when becoming fathers? Yeah, the physical changes, definitely gaining weight. <laughs> I've noticed my hair going gray, definitely cause <laughs> of uh, stress. Yeah. Other physical changes, yeah, just, I mean, it definitely puts you into a different mindset where you have to take things a little bit more seriously in life. I like to rollerblade, so I got to be a little bit more careful now. I can't just go down the hill as fast as I want. I have two girls depending on me, so I have to be smart. Definitely changes the mindset as well as the physical. You know, one of the areas that changed a lot for me was just the energy element. And not so much the first time, because the first time I was 23 years old when I had my first kid. Okay. The second time, now 30, my energy levels started decreasing. And now I'm drinking more coffee. I'm like, I can't stay up as late. Well, I do still stay up late, but I'm in a lot worse shape the next morning. You know, it's not like when I was younger. So those will be some of the changes that I've experienced just kind of like going through the transition twice in a, well, on two occasions, at least. In your experience, how have you seen these changes impact the quality of life? Like you mentioned risk-taking behavior where it's like we start being more careful as men, mm-hmm. you know, once we have the children. But like, how? <laughs> what are the ways that it impacts our quality of life? Yeah, well, like I touched upon when you're not exercising, Every sort of aspect of life seems to just deteriorate. I mean, not eating correctly, so you just don't feel right. Getting just less active. And then day-to-day tasks just seem like such a big deal. And it's just always like 
something else that's got to be done, like, you know, either you're going to the park with the kids or, or you're doing something else. So you, you also just don't seem to have as much time to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. It's a big, big struggle. When you're working with new fathers, what's your advice for them to manage the busy schedule of things and still find time to exercise and be physically active? So there's kind of, I guess, two parts to that. It's the big driver is your vision and and how bad you want it. Mm -hmm. When push comes to shove and you may find yourself only having 30 minutes in the day, do you sit down and do you watch a show, drink a beer, whatever it is, or do you use that 30 minutes to exercise? If you have that vision and you know, this is what I actually want, you're going to have to make a choice and try to find the time. Otherwise, there's ways that you can throw in a five-minute workout here, five-minute workout there, take smaller steps to eat better. And then, of course, you start feeling better and it just becomes that snowball effect. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then the kids' activity also becomes a means of exercising. Uh, to teach my son how to bike, we removed the training wheels right away. Nice. And so I would be jogging behind him and I'm just kind of like stabilizing him on the sides. And then like, yeah. it actually became a thing of trust. And that's something that I was thinking about in preparation for the show, because I remember with time, he started learning to go further and further more comfortably, but he's always looking back. And so he crashed mm-hmm. actually because he kept looking back one time. Oh, but no. it also came with just him being more comfortable with him letting me letting him go more and more. And that was one of the big things that forced me, that actually got me out and started having me jog. I never jogged before, right? So that was like, in a way, where like just having the child come in my life and me having to do this ended up just making a, it made a huge difference. Are there other such experiences that you've encountered or even personally yourself? Yeah, I, I do a similar thing with my daughter, except it's rollerblading. Mm-hmm. And of course, for the longest time, it was more just me holding onto her and pulling her. Mm-hmm. So it's like definitely a lot more challenging, but just all the activities. So just try to go back to when you were a kid and the games that you play, like tag and hide and go seek and being able to play those with your kids get them into the sports that you like so that you can have that that bonding time and and grow and learn together and just share a moment. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Are there, and I was curious about this, are there any specific postpartum fitness programs for fathers out there? Or like what distinguishes the training program, for example, for a father versus a non-fathers, you know, young lads still running out there with plenty of energy? Yeah, that's, that's a good one. With the father, you do have these extra stresses, the time restraints, maybe there's, you know, injuries. There's also this big period of time where they might have inherited a certain belief set. You know, maybe they've tried to exercise and they failed. So now they feel like they just can't do it. And they're just sort of, there's no point or purpose to doing it. Yeah. I think if they are able to, you know, use their go into their kids and, and use that as as a way to be a leader make sure that you're eating properly so that they eat properly that you're taking care of yourself so that they take care of themselves and it's just super important yeah that's a huge one where the way we eat kids they observe us more than they listen right they're watching us more than they're listening to us yep and so your dietary intake becomes very important there. Like, what do you tell your clients about the way they eat and everything, especially with fathers? 
if I can be more clear, because we don't have time, we're eating more fast food most likely, and we don't really have time to meal prep. What advice do you give for fathers in terms of how to keep up a good diet, essentially, with their training programs? That is definitely a big hurdle. I mean, I face it myself, but it's having a plan, being prepared. You have to understand that you're going to put some work in at the gym and you're going to have to put some work in at the kitchen. When you're traveling, making sure that you have a water bottle with you, making sure you have some healthy snacks with you, you granola bars that are some protein in it, or you just get some fruit. It does take a little bit of effort, but be consistent with it. You set up the routine and that effort sort of just becomes second nature to you. I'd also say just small steps. It's not realistic to do one of these yo-yo diets to completely change what you're eating. But what is realistic is to make small steps, small changes that are going to be manageable and something that you can incorporate into your lifestyle for the rest of your life. That's what's going to make you successful. And so what is a yo-yo diet? Is that one of our bad habits that we settle in? <laughs> uh, like yo-yo diet would be like, okay, so tomorrow I'm going on this, you know, no carb diet and I'm going to stick with it for like two weeks. And then after the two weeks, I'm just going to go back to eating the way I was before. And it's a yo-yo because that diet, that extreme diet will cause you to lose some weight. But the second that you get back off of it, you're going to gain it all right back. So mm. it's not manageable. And it's, again, small changes. So, you know, adding a little bit more water so you're getting closer to the amount of water you need, making sure you're getting uh, enough protein, or just being more conscious about what you're putting in your mouth. A lot of the time, you just be on autopilot. I know uh, I myself, I used to drink pop. And if you actually look on the back of, say like a Mountain Dew, 75% of your sugar in one of those bottles. Yeah. And I was, you know, having maybe two, sometimes three a day. And it's just like, if you're not conscious and telling yourself, hey, look how much sugar I'm actually having. Like, this is a problem. This is a concern. There is something fundamentally wrong with me mm -hmm. that I need to consume this much sugar. I'm not happy with myself. I'm seeking this sugar as a temporary fix. It's a fleeting feeling and then it just causes you to have more and more and more it's not good for the body it's not good for the soul just... mm -hmm. and you know one of the things that it disturbs is also our sleep and that kind of like touches based on caffeine as well and what are your thoughts on that because sometimes i find that an exercise can be an alternative for coffee and Even water itself, too. I mean, you mentioned it, but yeah, water itself. Sometimes you're sleepy and you go for a coffee, but you could use some water. And so with the people that you've worked with, how does their sleep change over time with exercising, if you can speak on that? Yeah, uh, recovery is a huge thing. You know, tear the muscles down in the gym, feed them in the kitchen, and build them back up in the bed. If you're not getting proper sleep, you're definitely not going to rejuvenated your muscles aren't going to repair properly so definitely part of the services i offer is a habit building service where if that's one of the issues that they're having is sleep we look at ways to combat that turning off your phone an hour before bed some sort of uh, bilingual music that helps to get the mind in a in that certain frequency certain things you can take if it's really bad melatonin In terms of caffeine, I'm not really a big coffee drinker myself, mm -hmm. 
but when I when I did switch over to more of a more of a cut phase, so I wasn't really trying to uh, I'm just trying to maintain the muscle I have and and sort of lose weight. So uh, I was finding that my energy levels, because I was running a little bit of a calorie deficit, were down. So I did take a little bit of coffee, 200 milligrams of caffeine or so, and that just helped me to get sort of the boost I needed mm-hmm. before a workout. But it's not something that I typically uh, use. I mean. I wake up uh, without an alarm clock, pretty much at like 5.30. I feel Mm -hmm. rested, rejuvenated, ready to take on the day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that answer. Um, I wanted to shift our conversation to examine the impact of fathers' physical activity and healthy diet on their children. And I would like to introduce the following paper. It's called Impact of the Healthy Youngster, Healthy Dads, Programs, and Physical Activity and other health behaviors, if you can share your thoughts as well. Yeah, of course. The randomized control study explores how targeting fathers may be a key strategy to increase physical activity among their preschool age children. The study was conducted in Australia and noted that despite there being multiple healthy lifestyle programs for preschool age children, and that's zero to five, only 21% of these programs referred to as interventions were delivered in community home-based settings, and only 32% involved parents. What I wanted to highlight from this paper for the sake of our conversation was the following quotation. A criticism of family-based interventions has been the lack of engagement of fathers. Specifically, fathers accounted for just 6% of participating parents from a review of 213 family-based programs that targeted children's healthy lifestyle behaviors. If you can share your thoughts on this excerpt here, and perhaps what advice or guidance would you offer to fathers to promote healthy habits in their children? Yeah, definitely. Lead by example. Can't be just hypocritical telling your kids, oh, go be active or, or eat something healthy while you're yourself eating a fast food burger. I think, yeah, I think if more fathers were able to step up to the plate, sort of get out of the the depression that they're in and try to, to spend more time with their kids being more active like we touched upon doing the rollerblading but if it's a sport like playing soccer with them getting them outside off the couch i think a big skyrocket in the amount of childhood obesity when you look at the typical trope of what a dad is you, you got your homer simpsons your peter griffins they're stupid, they're lazy, they'd come home, they sit on the couch, you know, you would never see them doing any activity with their kid at all. And no one really wants to be like that. But you know, I saw myself slowly turning into that. And I knew that that's not what I wanted. So I I had to make the change. And then now, you know, I definitely getting my daughter into as much physical activity stuff as I can. She's going to be doing some soccer next year, and she loves running. So, you know, we're always running everywhere here or there, (laughs) piggyback rides, just everything that uh, you can't really do so well if you're not taking care of yourself. You know, that's uh, very well said. I realize we never saw Homer Simpson play with Bart. That is so true. Yeah. What this passage made me think of is... It made me want to like step up more and participate in some of the school activities because my son, they had a swimming school activity 
and I totally forgot how to swim. I haven't been swimming since I can, yeah, you know, the stereotypical black guy. <laughs> but like, uh, yeah, I haven't been swimming since forever. And that was a bit of a lost opportunity I see. And that's one of the things that it made me think of where it's like, yeah, there may not be as many programs that target fathers specifically. Like when schools send out a, hey, we have a school activity, they're just anybody come along. But it could be a focus mm-hmm. on trying to get the fathers to come along because the thing about the result of the study and i don't have them here in front of me but of memory if i can remember correctly what they see is that there's again an increase in level of activity that is observed within the children whenever the fathers are engaged and that makes sense because even ourselves when we're young we're the ones running around we were it's like you said earlier like be the child yourself Mm -hmm. yeah like so that that's really what it made me think of and I'm going to try and step up my game a little bit here. (laughs) (laughs) And the study continues. A systematic review of 23 studies found fathers' eating habits to be strongly associated with a child's dietary intake. This is supported by another review which showed the interactions at mealtimes between father and children to positively influence children's long-term eating behavior. Can you share your thoughts on this passage? And are there any specific nutritional consideration or dietary recommendation for fathers to support the physical changes and overall health that they're going through and that of their children as well? Yeah, be careful with what I say. I mean, traditionally, going way back when into the roles of, of the man and the woman, you know, the man was the hunter. He was the athletic one. Men gained weight on their belly specifically for the, that reason. Because we needed our legs and our arms to hunt, whereas women they they were the foragers, not as active. And I think that does play sort of a role in in terms of maybe why the fathers are so influential. I, mean, <laughs> I know that's kind of uh, not the most uh, politically correct thing to say. Have you ever seen videos of sometime like some the older tribes in the Amazon, like the those guys are shredded and big time big time like we're surprisingly shredded and it's like well what is their daily routine probably running around and hunting and um just dealing with all the perils in the jungle (laughs) but in a way yeah we've certainly moved from that and it's that sedentary lifestyle that gets to us and i actually wanted to touch base on something that you mentioned earlier and it's that well, I don't know if you term it that way, but it's almost like a self-defeatist mindset that we sink in as fathers uh-huh. and how to get out of that. Can you dive a little bit deeper into that? Because I feel like we do make, it's easy to make a lot of excuses. It's easy to settle in that mindset. Like, can you talk a little bit more about how you help your clients and fathers get out of that mindset even? Yeah. So definitely a big part of it is having to reprogram the mind and I definitely assist them in terms of the habit building, going through exercises on how to build willpower. I challenge them. I say, you know, you're getting a craving for something. Try taking a bite of it and just see how long as an experiment you can go without taking another bite. Just, just see, right? See what happens in your mind, the thoughts that come to you. And when you develop yourself a vision, that this is what I want deep down below all the layers. You have this, I want to be able to run a marathon in 
in, you know, five minute mile, or I want to have a six pack, or I want to have the energy to do this. You have to hold that vision and, and be able to write it down so clearly and be so motivated by that vision and all the things you're going to be able to do once you have that dream body that when times get tough and you're like, oh, I, you know, I don't want to get out of bed an extra 30 minutes to get that workout in, that vision is going to motivate you to do that. The other thing is the belief system. You need to start retraining their belief system that you can do this. If you have the plan, you are being consistent, there's only one thing that can happen. You reach where you're trying to get. A lot of other people, they've gone through and now they've created this belief that they can't reach it there, right? Because they've tried and they failed. And that reinforces that belief that if they do something, they're not going to be able to achieve it. So we go through, we try to reanalyze. A lot of it is to do with, again, being in the present and trying to live your life as, as much as you can in the present and being aware of those thoughts. So when you have a craving, there's a couple ways that it will sneak in. Either it will come in through a thought where, oh, you know, you've been doing so well. You did such a good job. You should really go reward yourself with XYZ, whatever that is, right? It's just sort of like that little whisper, right? So if, if you be aware, though, and you know, well, that XYZ, that cheeseburger, whatever it is, yeah, it could be a reward, but have I done anything that deserves that reward yet? And if you have, that's great. And when you have that reward, when are you going to have it? In the moment. You're not going to just autopilot, eat it. You're going to be as present as you can. You're going to take small bites. You're going to savor it. That's what's going to, you know, again, ground you in the moment and uh, help you deal with those cravings. You know, the other, the other ways it comes in is, is, a, is a feeling. I'm, I'm really hungry, and we've touched on it with sort of meal prep. What ends up happening is you're, you know, late night or whatever it is, I'm hungry, and there's just nothing available. So what do you do? You start eating food that's not food. You start eating candy and junk to fill yourself up. And again, that vision, it's it's because that thought will come in and go, oh, it's so much work to have to cook the food. Oh, you don't want to do that, right? You know, just go eat this. It's right there. It's ready. It tastes so good. No, it's it's that vision that's going to make you go, if I do that, I'm going backwards. So is this really what I want? Yes. Okay. So then I'm not going to do that. I'm going to suck it up. I'm going to cook myself something good, or I'm just going to go to bed and I'm not going to eat. Like, it just something has to give. So that's uh, the couple of the ways that I, I help them uh, to go through it. Like delayed gratification. That was the term that I was thinking in my head. Big time. Big time delayed gratification. Yeah, well, the mind is a muscle, and it's the most important muscle. It's actually the only muscle that you really need to be working on, because if you're not working on that, you're not going to make it to the gym. You're not going to watch your diet. The mind is where everything will happen.
Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you very much for that. And uh, that's pretty much it for my question. Is there anything else that you wanted to add that I maybe skipped over or forgot to mention before we let you go here? No, no. I just really appreciate you having me on. Um, you know, if there's uh, anyone who's been struggling, they really, you know, are, are ready to to reach that goal, to make sure that you're there for your kids. You know, you're not going to grow old and be useless. You're going to have a fulfilling and active life. You know, reach out to me because I've helped people who are just like you. And they're doing so much better in every aspect of their life. Fitness is something that will improve your relationship with your partner. It will improve your relationship with your kids. It will improve your work life. It just, it's, it's so important. It's so neglected. And just, I, I really want to help as many people as I can. So I'm really uh, thankful for you uh, to have me on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for all the advice and recommendation. We definitely appreciate the knowledge. Anytime we'll have you back on. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Linda. That was great. Yeah.